0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Westbridge Church podcast. To learn more about Westbridge Church, including our service times, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com. This week's message comes from Pastor John McDougall, and we hope it encourages you to take your next step in your faith journey.
1: And Thanks,
2: worship team. Good morning, church family. Welcome to week number four of our Upper Room Momentum. It's our final week. Next week, we kick off a a new series. But excited for the truth today that the Lord will give us. And thinking about productivity is one of the great joys of life is when you have a day that you are just knocking down the to-do list. Have you felt that joy when you set out, okay, I hope these things happen today, and you start through them, and boom, 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 boom. You get to the end of the list, and you still have time, and you start working on tomorrow's list, and those days are, I find myself just praying, Lord, could you stretch this day out to like 28 hours, where we could just keep going. As wonderful as those days are, it's conversely painful to have a day that you have this list of things to do, and with number one, you start going backwards, and everything you do ends up being the wrong thing, and like when you have the, it was on your list to go to the BMV and register your car for its license or whatever, and back in the day before Mitch Daniels transformed the, the BMV to, to not having to stand there for all day, we, uh, you go in and, and you stand there half a day, and you wait, you get up to the front, and you realize you don't have all the paperwork you get to go home come back and stand here in line for another half day and just it's hard isn't it the pain of a wasted day is one thing but the pain of a wasted life or the regret of a wasted life is another and what God gives us in this truth is the secret to accomplishing all that he created to accomplish while we're here on earth our mission right now, our, our initiative is to go be a blessing. Yes, okay, how do we go live out the life mission that God's given us? And he will answer that question in this text. And it is a precious truth that we're going to hang on to and, uh, and celebrate over the next couple moments. So if you would join me in John chapter 15. Here we see actually Jesus is moving from the upper room, leaving it. He's, last week we left it off in chapter 14 with, all right, guys, let's go. They're headed to the Garden of Gethsemane, so if you can imagine, we would meet them as they come down the stairs, exit that house, and now we're winding our way through Jerusalem. through the, It's night, dark streets. Possibly there's lanterns that, that we're carrying as we go along. We, we exit Jerusalem. We make our way out of the city, and now we're working our way up towards the Garden of Gethsemane through some vineyards. There's vineyards on the way. Possibly it's in a vineyard that Jesus would pause and say, hey guys, huddle up here for just a moment. Of a word. And he says in verse uh, chapter fifteen, verse one, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. You can imagine him pointing to a vine. Now when he said vine to these guys, being Hebrews and, and familiar with the history, when God's often God would speak of Israel being a vine. Now, what's a vine do? It produces fruit. Israel is to be a light to the nations, a blessing to the nations, the promise to Abraham. And Jesus is, but when it's referenced in Ezekiel, Hosea, other places, it's actually in a negative context where Israel was not being the fruit. They were not going and blessing as God created them to do. And so that's Jesus is referencing, guys, I'm the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that, that bears fruit, while every branch or that, that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word that I have spoken in you. One of the, the challenging parts of this passage that commentators wrestle over is right here. He cuts off every branch in me that, uh, that does not bear fruit. And one of the, the questions is, okay, what, what exactly does that mean? This is a metaphor. It's important to know context. It's also important to understand range of meaning for the word cuts off. The NIV translates this cuts off. It can also be, mean to take up, take away, or lift up. Other passages of Scripture, it's used and it's translated that way. And I, as I've studied this, there are several commentators that would land on this position. that this, He's not talking about eternal judgment. Jesus speaks of that. Often and, and says, guys, there, there isn't a, a judgment for those who haven't come to believe in him. And it's, it's hell is real. And that, that's, that is um, something that he teaches on. But this, the context here isn't referring to that, I, I feel, because of, who's he talking to? The 11 disciples. Judas has already left. These are guys who are in him. They've trusted him. They've received salvation. And what's the whole context? It's about fruitfulness, doing what he's called them to do. We see it also when he says, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. And Bruce Wilkinson in his book, Secrets of the Mind, went and he sat down with a a, a vine dresser or a, a, a farmer who, who took care of grapes and vineyards. And he said, well, "As you, he was a Christ follower, and he said, how do you see this in terms of understanding what how Jesus was using the metaphor? And he said, it's pretty simple when you understand that a what happens when a a new branch begins to grow, it's weak and it'll tend to drop down into the ground. And it becomes covered with mud and, and it'll become, it'll receive blight, mildew and other things. And so a good gardener comes along and he lifts that up, cuts off, he lifts that up to the trellis so that it can grow and he cleans it off. And that's where this word clean and cuts off, same root word. And so I think that gives us the clue what Jesus has in mind. And you look at our own lives in terms of how do we become fruitful in our lives. And it's that cleaning process of the Father where he corrects us and he helps us through his word. But then he goes on. says, you uh, verse 4, here's the one imperative. You might circle this in your text. Abide in me as I also abide in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must Remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me or abide in me. I am the vine; you are the branches. If you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not abide in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away and withers. And such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you, re- but if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Powerful picture of, of prayer as We're abiding. And we are praying according to his word. He says, ask, it'll be done for you. And then verse eight, this is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And so what is the secret to productivity or doing all that God created you to do with your one and only life here on earth? earth? And I love how he sums it up in one word. Abide in me. Abide in me. Abide, abide, abide is essential. And to put it into a picture, we'll say, okay, this is, this will represent us, and we'll say, uh, we'll put a smiley face on here because this is us knowing Christ and the joy of of entering into a relationship with him. We were created by God, recreated in Christ, and what are we recreated to do? And you look at life mission, what's, the, what's he called us to do? We have been blessed to be a blessing, to go bless. Ephesians chapter 2 says we are saved by grace alone. by the, Nothing we do, it's by the grace of God through faith, through faith in Jesus Christ and his death on the cross for us. But what's the goal of that? You say, by grace through faith, so that no one will boast. For we are God's workmanship, meaning masterpiece or handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he created in advance for us to do. And so the good works here that Jesus is picturing is this basket full of fruit. That's the picture. And the question is, okay, how do we do the good works that he created us to do. How does this play out? And, and I love the progression in this text of, of really our lives. And the first is, you have a basket that's empty. There, there's no fruit. It says, okay, the Father comes along, and when he sees some, one of us that's bearing no fruit, what does he do? He lifts us up, and he cleans us off how? Through his word. And, and so that we begin to bear some fruit. But is God content with you bearing some fruit in your life? And by the way, what is fruit? It's helpful to note fruit is it, its a, a wide category, but it's, there's the fruits of the Spirit. It's the character of Christ that God's developing inside of us, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, all those things. So it's the character of Christ, but it's also the, the outworking of that character, the conduct of Christ, the good work. So, so it's both character, conduct. And what's God's desire for for you? Is it to bear some fruit? And you watch the text. So when we're bearing, we're cleaned off, we're bearing some fruit, what does our Father do? The perfect gardener comes along and he prunes us so that we will bear more fruit. If you look at the text there, you can see the word more. And this is that painful process of we're like, I want to do this, that, this, that, the other. We get all fired up to go do it all, and he's like, I'm going to clip some things away from your life to help you stay focused on what I've created you to do. And they're good things. And he, he shapes our priorities. And and uh, this is that pruning process of Hebrews chapter 12 that we talked about in the last series. So that, But the neat thing is, as we allow him to prune us, we begin to bear more fruit. But is God content with you bearing more fruit? I mean, you've gone from none to some to now more. And this is the the exciting Reality in this text several times we see it. No his desire for your life his intention for your life and for my life is that we might bear what's the word? Much fruit That we would bear much fruit for his glory and so the uh, so how do we get there as we look at this picture? That's question. Okay. How exactly do we? go from no fruit to some fruit to more fruit and then when we're bearing more fruit what's the secret to the much fruit and it's wrapped up in this word abide right it's not gaining more skills it's not taking more classes it's not this that the jesus is saying to move from from more to much to, to be to do all that i've created you to do here's the secret it's more abiding Learn what it means to abide. Abide, abide, abide. And he drives it where three times he says, guys, here's the thing. Remember this picture. Let it stick in your minds. You can no more do what I've called you to do than a branch can, can bear fruit when it's disconnected from the vine. And he, he hits it hard. Verse 5, he even uses the word, how much can we do if, if we're not abiding with him? He says, you can do nothing. And then later in verse 6, he says, here's what it's like. They knew in this culture, what, what did you use a, a branch, a, yeah, a grape branch for, if it wasn't for bearing fruit? Nothing. It was only good for fire. And some have thought this is, Jesus, again, is speaking about judgment. And if we don't bear fruit, we, we're experiencing judgment. That's, I don't think that's the, what the context supports. In that again, he's talking to those who are, who are they know him, and they're following him, they're saved. And the, uh, his point is, guys, trying to get, a, get it across to them that, that they must, must, must abide because if they don't, it, their lives would be as useless as a branch that is disconnected from the vine, it's good only for fire. So abide, 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 to which we say, okay, what does that mean? What's that? What exactly does that look like lived out in our lives? And I was thinking this would be a great question just to think about as a small group and just to soak in this for a moment, just say, okay, what's it look like to, to live as close to, to God as a branch does to the vine. What exactly does that, and as you stop and start thinking about that, could there be a closer intimacy or connection? It's that this connection is everything. It's where life flows. It's meant to be permanent. It's, it's anything that would hinder this connection, Get rid of it. Anything that enhances this connection, I, I, I want this connection to be healthy and solid. I want it to be growing. I wrote down a few things as I thought about this. To ab- abide means we're living connected with him in every facet of our life. So it's not like, okay, this section of my life, I'm connected to Christ, but in this section, it's kind of my thing, or, or even, okay, Sunday is like God's day, but the rest of the week, are, no, it's like all of it is connected to him. It means we're living in complete dependence on him. There'll never be a point in our Christian life when we're like, yep, yeah, got this. Finally, whoo, don't need the Lord on this one. I'm strong to go. Jesus is like, guys, the minute you think you got it is the minute you become like a branch that's good for nothing but to, uh, to hit a fire. We need him every moment of our lives. It means our fellowship, our communion with him, our relationship, our friendship with him is everything, you know. Time spent with him is never wasted time. It means we're living in his presence, practicing his, his presence, enjoying him. We're, we're learning what it means just to always be together. And I love that picture of once you, when you're with somebody you know really well, you're okay just to be quiet together. You don't have to talk. And it's even that, you know, we're, we talk to him in prayer, we hear him in his word, but there's those moments that we're just like, Lord, it's gonna be with you. And rest in you and and just enjoy you without even saying anything. And here's what's neat. As we learn to abide, not only do we discover it's the secret to productivity, but we discover it's the treasure of life, right? (laughs) And the fruit becomes secondary to the, the treasure. Life's greatest love relationship, greatest purpose, greatest thrill, greatest peace is found in this abiding relationship with our Lord I am the vine you are the branches if you abide in me and I abide in you you will bear much fruit but apart from me you can do nothing and so it's out of this truth that the uh, momentum creating implications just come flying at us and hit our sails like wind and propel us to go be a blessing the first one is abiding is everything so therefore it must be a lifelong habit this is not it, not op, one of those things that uh, is for, like, monks or, you know, p- church leaders. or This is for all of us and must be an everyday pursuit. This is essential. Think, okay, what's it really mean to abide? It, it's, uh, it's a pretty big picture, this connection. But the uh, one of the most helpful ways I've th- thought about this is it's learning to turn our thoughts back to God again and again and again and just... Living in that, not being, um, getting caught up in guilt because we're not, but rather just as often as we can, just turning our thoughts back to God. So waking up with Him, you know, and offering Him our first thoughts. Prayer before we get out of bed. For One of the helpful prayers for me is BHPFHGWHL, By His power. Lord, help me go today by your power. Help me, <laughs> this tired body, get up and go to do what you've called me to do. FHG, for your glory, help me live for your glory today. And WHL help me go with your love. And then once I get out of bed and get a cup of coffee, um, daily chair time and and meet with him. And we've, as a church family, this is our one habit that's every day habit where we meet with him. We call it chair time. We picture a chair where we sit there and just receive his word and focus on his word. Jesus did this. And if he did this while he was here, how much more do we need? Just focus time with the Father, receiving his word to get get ready and go out for the day. Jesus said we live by it, not by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so we come expecting, Lord, give me a word I can take today and and live on that will nourish my soul as I go to be a blessing. And then throughout the day, we we turn our thoughts to him. And this is where we take a truth. Here's an action step out of today. Our theme verse for this month, every month we have a theme verse. Our theme verse this month is John 15, 5. So it's taking a verse like this. And just praying it throughout the day. Thanking God for it. Jesus, thank you that you're the vine. I'm the branch. And help me to abide in you. And, uh, and I thank you that as I abide in you, you're going to produce fruit. And just turning our thoughts to him throughout the day. And then falling asleep in his presence as well. One of the examples that uh, have encouraged Christ followers in this, practicing God's presence, is Brother Lawrence. And he's been doing this for about 300 years. He lived back in... He died like 1691. But this book, if you haven't read this yet, it's called The Practice of the Presence of God, Brother Lawrence, short book. And what's awesome about this book is the guy it's about, he didn't even write it and never intended to write it because he thought himself useless. He wrote a few things down in his life for people and he wadded them up and he threw them in the trash can. He's like, that's a bunch of junk. And uh, he was one of those guys that he didn't, he didn't have great looks, and he didn't have great abilities. He was so clumsy. He joined the military, so clumsy after the military, he couldn't even keep a security job, uh, security guard job. So he's like, I'm a waste of space. I'm going to go join a monastery and, and just help out there. And they put him in the dish room. So there's all kinds of jobs in the monastery, a teacher, all the, he He goes to be a dishwasher, and God gives him this truth. And it lights his soul up with joy. And all the other guys are looking at him like, how is he like that? And how can I get a little bit of that? And so he started sharing it with them. And what this book is are some letters that he wrote to some friends telling them, guys, I found it. I found the the secret of joy. And it's this. And here's here's one uh, excerpt. He says... You don't have to be in church all the time to be with God. We can make a prayer chapel in our hearts where we can go from time to time to talk with him peacefully, humbly, and lovingly. Everyone is capable to some degree of having this kind of familiar conversation with God, practicing his presence. He knows what we are capable of, so let's get started. Maybe God is waiting only for us to make a simple, a single, generous decision for him. Have courage, we only have a short time to live. You are almost 64, and I am close to 80. Let us live and die with God. Suffering will be sweet and pleasant if we are with him. The greatest pleasure without him would be a terrible affliction. May he be blessed by all. Amen. Letters from Brother Lawrence. And what I love about this is, here's a guy who thought his life was useless. Didn't even want to write a book. But he got this truth. If you abide in me, you will bear what? A bucket full of fruit, and we're still reaping from the fruit of this guy's life today. Isn't that cool? Neat picture. So, the uh, moving on. Second implication that uh, creates momentum to go be a blessing out of this truth is the pressure to do something meaningful, or, or the pressure to to produce fruit, is no longer ours to carry. Deep within the heart of each one of us is this desire to, to make a difference, to, to go be a blessing, to change. Graduations are coming up, and how many graduation speeches? will have a young person challenging their class, hey, let's go change the world. Why? It's because this is a God-given wiring where we were, it's the echo of Eden, created in the image of God there in the Garden of Eden. And what did God call us to do? Go co-create with me, with me and for me go order what I've created for my glory and your joy and your good. But in the curse, what what happened? And what we started to do was, let's go do good, let's go create, but we think we have to do it in our power and we tend to do it for our name. And when we try to do what God created us to do by our power and for our name or for our glory, it becomes a crushing weight. And what, what the Lord does in this picture is he, he reminds us, guys, pressure's off. You're a branch. What do branches do? Just connect to the vine. I'm the vine. I'll do the producing. Do you have to worry about the good that, that, that you're going to do for God in your life? No. All you have to worry about is the connection. Abide in me. Abide in me. Abide in me. Foster this relationship. Learn what it means to live in my presence, and you will bear much fruit. You're going to look at the, your life and be like, how did all that good happen? It's through him. And, and the pressure lifts. Now, where does the momentum creating truth comes? Here it is. When you find yourself flat on your back in a hospital bed, similar to where, where Larry Myers is today, and we've been praying for Larry and Sue, as Larry had tri- quadruple bypass and a new heart valve put in, put in, and he's in recovery. Continue to just cover him up in prayer. But you're lying there pretty much good for nothing but laying there, and the enemy comes whispering, yep, yeah, you're pretty much useless to what's going on in the world right now, aren't you? Pretty much useless. It starts to get you down. And what do you say? Take this truth, and you smile. Say, uh-uh, uh-uh. I have never been more productive because I have never been Closer, more abiding than I'm abiding right now, thinking about my life, heart. Isn't that cool? And God can take a word that Larry says, and if he wants to amplify that, like a letter Brother Lawrence write, writes, so that he speaks a word to a nurse, and that nurse psh, changes her life, cha- changes a million people. God can do that, but whose worry is that? It's not Larry's. God's got it. We just abide. Okay? We'll take it into a Mom. Mom. It's all uh, Megan coming in today with wonderful family, but it's tough getting four girls ready for church. Those of you who have preschool kids, sometimes it feels like you're going from one mess to the other, and you're just caught up in the grind, right? And you've got that low-grade guilt, I'm not enough for anyone, trying to help everyone, not enough for everyone. <sighs> Am I making a difference with my life right now in this mess that I'm living, the, the, the routine, the monotony of it all, and what's the, the Lord come and whisper with this truth? Mom. Bite in me, and you will bear much fruit. Dad, are you ever going to get it all done before the end of your life? Fathers, men, we have a to-do list that just about the time you get one thing fixed, the other thing breaks, right? House fixed, car breaks. So what do you do with this to-do list? Pace up, right? Just start, pace up, pace up, pace up. And our Lord steps in beside us here and says, hey, let's not pace up. Abide. Abide in me. And what does he often do as we abide in him? Lord, what do you want me to do? Help me in these. Here's my list. Here's my things I need to do as a dad, a husband, a a father, all these things. And he takes his red pen out and he starts Xing. Skip that. Skip that. Temporary. Skip that. Go hang out with your wife at Starbucks. That's good. That's where you need to be in these moments. Psh, fruit flows out of that. Young person, you uh, you guys are, you got your life ahead of you, which is exciting, but it's also pressure-inducing when people come up, hey, what are you going to do with your life? Whew, I don't know. <laughs> Some of us are still wondering, what am I going to do with my life at 60, 70, 80? But especially when you're young, you say, well, I think I know I want to go to this college, but, but... Deep down, you know, I I don't know what I want to do with my life. There's question marks all over, and our Lord whispers to you, I got all that. Here's what you need to focus on. Abide in me. Learn this. Learn this. What it means to abide in me, because if you get abiding, you're going to get to the end of your life, and you're going to have a bucket full of fruit. And you're going to look back and say, I have no idea how that happened. Outside the grace of God. But oh my, what a life, right? Those of you who have walked with him for a number of years, right? It's how he works. It's not on us to to create. It's on us to abide and he will produce. And then the third implication is that God gets all the glory for the good that we do or the fruit that we bear. And that's that verse 8 where Jesus says, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So as we abide in him and he does what he does through us. His grace flows through us. And good happens. Here comes the praise. And the tendency is to elevate humans. But what, what do we do? When we're abiding, we're quick to duck and point. I'm just a branch. I was just a conduit for the grace of God. He did the producing. He gets the glory. And it protects us from pride. So how do we move from no fruit to much fruit? How do we live out this mission that God's given us, to go be a blessing, and specifically for you and your life mission, accomplish all that he's created you to accomplish, and simply abide. Abiding is everything. And what a a precious promise to claim to. If you will abide, if if we will do this, the big if, if we will, we will bear much fruit for the glory of God. So, as I was thinking about today, I was just thinking, what if we all just can step up in this arena and just pursue his abiding presence, what might happen this week as we go out and the the buckets full of blessing and fruit that that could happen as a result will happen. And so I thought just to pump us up as we go out of here, just to celebrate a couple bucket full of fruit moments that are happening among us. One of them was uh, was celebrating the homegoing of Tom Maxey who was instrumental in helping our church get started here. And Tom was one of those guys, Tom and Mary, who wherever there was a need, Tom was showing up, and he was showing up to be a blessing. And he uh, say, how, how did he do that? And as you talk to his family, they'd often say, Dad, you know, he was electrician. He'd get up real early to get going, like 5 o'clock. But he'd say, Dad, it'd be up like at 3.30. And what was he doing? Getting, getting together with Jesus, chair time, abiding, and one of the stories that comes out of his life that's like a brother lawrence moment where to him he may have thought this is not that big a deal but the 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 bucket full of fruit that that we enjoy is so cool and it was one sunday a young, a new family was checking out our church scary moment you know they had a good experience and people we were all friendly to them what have you But as they're driving down Mackey, they're still wondering, is this the church where the Lord wants us to land? And they're stopped at the stop sign. They're at Mackey and Lincoln. And all of a sudden, bang, 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 someone's knocking on the the window. And uh, Russ Mock looks out the window, and there's Tom Maxey saying, hey, you guys have lunch plans? Like, what? No? Okay, come join us. And Russ and Francis Mock. um, I think that was what instrumental in helping them think, I think the Lord wants us at this church. And... Over 20 years ago, I believe, that they've been part of our church family. Now, how many buckets full of fruit have we received from Russ and Francis Mock and their kids? They have served, poured into us, blessed us again and again and again. But where did it, it happen? Where did it start? And, and what was the hinge point? A guy who, who jumps out of the car, runs around, knocks on their window. Who does that? Someone who's abiding in Christ. And God takes our ordinary moments, psh, and he does his work. Isn't that cool? So I was thinking about my, personally, this is a big week for us, as my uh, beautiful wife is turning another year older, forever 29 on Tuesday. And uh, there was a moment in our marriage about 10 years in that I had the epiphany where I, I was looking around at my life, and I was just celebrating these bucket full of, of uh fruit, blessings that were in my life and I realized almost every bucket was there because of her. From our children and all that we enjoyed with them and her being mom and to, to our friendships, to our, our, what was going on in our, our church family, to just personally, her, just um, the joy of my life and, and I, how does that happen? How does this much blessing come out of one life and if you watch her live every morning, there she is with the Lord, getting in his word. And then I hear her singing as she's getting ready, and she's got it on her phone, but she's singing some song. And then if she asks for prayer, it'll often be just, John, would you just pray stay in step with God today as I go out to teach and abide, abide, abide in me? We, uh, two other quickies. This is such a cool picture. So Joe and Lindsay Stewart led our, a group of about 40 people to Twin Lakes Camp over spring break to just go be a blessing there and to serve. And we have a few pictures of them. They built a deck to cut down trees. Uh, John Taylor and Eric Lyon were instrumental in fixing some HVAC. And, and what's neat is this: how many buckets of blessing are going to go to around 1,500 kids this summer through their simple acts of service. And, and who does that? Who goes on spring break to be a blessing? And it's people who are abiding. Joe and Lindsay abiding, got the nudge, and said, let's go do this, and it, it happens. And then another picture, this is Joe Johansson, who uh, Joe is in the middle there, retired. He's in Guatemala. Look at this. He, he, he consults on these trucks. He worked for many years in this industry, and now he goes around the world. This is... Not a truck, it looks like a train, and what was interesting to me is, we're talking about a bucket full of blessing, isn't that a great picture of a, like a truck full of blessing, Joe and Karen's life as they, as they abide, but he's down here sharing Christ with, with both of these guys, one of them's a Christian, the other that's not, he's like, hey, I know Rich and Sherry Smith, you've got to meet them, they're in, in, in Antigua, and who does that, who uses their retirement to go around the world encouraging missionaries and pointing people to Christ, a brother who's abiding, and God does his work. Isn't that a neat picture? One more story is a family that was a part of our church family, lots of kids, and they they came to um, had the idea, were challenged to say, what if we uh, go do a VBS for another country and were led to to go do a VBS for Jamaica as a family? And so they took a, a month of their life and just went. It's the Crawford family, if you know them, lots of kids, and what was cool was they went down that week, put on a VBS for a church up in the mountains. During that week, one of the young men who accepted Christ, his name was Dwayne Llewellyn. Dwayne is now the pastor at Mount Stewart Church, the church that we partner with in our C2C ministry. And a couple of weeks ago, Dwayne rallied a group of almost 40 guys, 40 men, and did a, an event similar to our fight night that's coming up this Friday night. Just to challenge guys to go be a Christ-like husband in, our, in your home, your church, your family. So that's happening because a couple followed the nudge of the Lord. And how does that happen? Abide, abide, abide. Isn't that a cool picture? And so, would you welcome Gary and Marty as they come to give us give us the rest of the story and,
1: and what's going on in this chapter. morning church family good to see you some of you are new uh, new faces people we've yet to meet so calling you family may seem a bit strange but you very much are part of our family our church family and we are your missionaries for which we are incredibly grateful Uh, that story that pastor john just told was because of you it's because of this church because of the time Uh, This church took to invest in our lives, to mentor us, to disciple us, to equip us to go out and to serve. And so um, whatever we do, whether it's Jamaica, anywhere God sends us, we are an extension of this church family. And so we very much consider that we are partnering with you in the gospel. 2001, our family did embark on a month-long mission trip to Jamaica, and it was really there that God begin to give us a a broader perspective of what he was doing in the world. And not only that, but really kind of begin to show us how we might be a part of what he was doing to point people to Christ. And then in 2004, uh, Westbridge commissioned us, sent us as career missionaries uh, to serve with ABWE, which is our mission agency. Uh, It was not long after that I left my career at AT AT&T and God launched us into this ministry. Um, in 2012, I was appointed as the regional director for ABWE in the Caribbean, Central America, and Mexico. And really, that, that job was a blessing of just coming alongside of about 20 missionary families, encouraging them in their ministries, helping them where they needed it. Um, these families were serving faithfully serving on the front lines of the gospel in about six countries in the Caribbean. And then about a year and a half ago, God began to really work in our hearts, changing the direction, the course of our ministry, as we began to see literally tens of thousands of people migrating from what is called the 1040 window. It's one of the places in the world that have the largest populations of unreached people with the gospel. Those people began moving into the Caribbean And a lot of this has happened in the last decade. And so now there are multiple mosques in Jamaica. Some of you have been there. There are multiple mosques in places like Trinidad and Guyana. Uh, There are Hindu temples as well in these locations. Um, These things are there now. They didn't used to be. I mean, I think of Trinidad where there were five vacant lots, just grass growing in a field, and there are, there are Muslim mosques in every one of those locations. And uh, we've just seen this as an incredible opportunity because these people are moving into English-speaking countries, which means you don't have to learn Hindi. You don't have to learn Arabic. You don't have to learn Mandarin to be able to share the gospel with them. They're learning our language. The unfortunate thing is at this point, The national church in the Caribbean is largely unengaged in this opportunity. And so we believe God is calling us to come alongside of these churches uh, to encourage and to equip them to to be missional in these people groups, in these religious communities, to to follow the great commission in making disciples among these people groups. And uh, we've just started that. Uh, We left our leadership role as of January 1st of this year. And so we're providing training uh, to churches and pastors in this area as we begin this ministry.
0: I just want to share a few prayer requests with you. First of all, I just want to say how much we appreciate the church family here at Westbridge. We love you guys. We um, appreciate your prayers over the years, your financial support. We appreciate your partnership in ministry. Many of you have been on some of these short-term team trips um, that we've led. And we really appreciate that. We don't find that in all the churches that we're in, and we love our church family here. So thank you. Um, just real briefly, we, um, we embark tomorrow morning at 619 from the Orlando Airport to head to Bangladesh uh, to spend the next couple weeks in that Part of the world. So we would appreciate your prayers for us um, for safety and travel, but more so just for God to work um, through us in the, the ministry that He's called us there to, to work with the um, field team that exists there in Bangladesh, the ABWE field team, and to help them with some ministry planning. So um, we're looking forward to that. And then also just pray for um, those that we have already trained and will train in, um, in heart, mind, and soul as uh, we take this, this awareness into these countries to try to get national pastors and leaders on board with reaching these people groups that um, just live among them. Just pray that God would grip their hearts and catch the vision for... Um, taking the gospel to these people. And then um, also, we we just have a a really busy year as we um, visit our supporting churches and and receive more training for ourselves. We have a lot more to learn about what God's calling us to. We'll be attending a one-week-long intensive training called the Sahara Challenge with Crescent Project in Nashville, Tennessee in June. So... um, we're looking forward to learning all we can through that and just pray that God would um, be able to penetrate these old brains with the truth that he wants us to learn during that. So thank you very much.
1: Thank you for your partnership in the gospel. And Pastor John, will get you a, a more current picture the next time. All right.
2: <laughs> all righty, so it's time to go bless. We uh, we should pray, and then uh, so if you would stand, pray. We'll we'll uh, we'll just go out with a, a prayer and a shout. But uh, let's pray first, Father. We we do thank you for the opportunity to abide in you and to hear your word today. Has been so good. Thank you for Gary and Marty and and uh, their ministry, the chance to partner with them, bless them, protect them, empower them, keep them close to you, Lord. And we know that you will bear much fruit through their ministry. And for the rest of us, as we go out into our everyday mission, we go resting in your sufficiency and not our strength. Jesus, we go treasuring this friendship and this relationship, this connection that we have with you. We thank you for the price that you paid to give it to us. Help us to this week to go out living in it. And we pray this in in your name. Amen.
0: If you were encouraged by today's talk and believe it would be helpful for others, please be sure to subscribe or share. To experience other messages or find helpful resources, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com.